Well, welcome everyone to Nerd Unscripted. This is your host, Tony Leidig, and this week we're going to get into another discussion of, well, something unscripted. <laughs> I never really plan these things much ahead of time. Um, I mean, I think about it constantly throughout the week of what I might want to cover, and uh, in some cases, I I get an idea of for direction pretty quickly and clearly, um, but more times than not, I don't. Hence the unscripted part. And so, for this morning, I wasn't quite sure what we would uh, talk about today until I woke up this morning, and as soon as I opened up my eyes, this phrase popped into my head: um, identity crisis, and it just resonated with me and then I promptly forgot about it <laughs> and because uh, I started thinking about something else and then I went back and I'm like wait what was that idea that just came to me for the show today and I could not remember it at all it was like gone just that fast and then fortunately the idea came back to me and what's what's really curious is the more I thought about it um the more I realized just how important this theme is, especially in this day and age. Because one thing that I've noticed, um, I felt it myself, um, but even more so, you see it in the news, see it in social media, and that is that our identities are really being challenged. Um, it Identity is becoming so weird and convoluted. I never would have imagined us ending up at the point that we're in now you know men identifying as women and uh, both and neither and all kinds of crazy shit that just makes zero sense whatsoever um and but even beyond that uh people not knowing what to believe anymore i mean it used to be you know you're republican or democrat and now there's you know uh, libertarian and others thrown in, but even with those labels, it doesn't necessarily mean anything anymore because there's so cr much cross identity craziness going on that you just don't know who you are. That's here in the U.S., of course. You know, same kinds of things are going on in other countries. You know, define what, um, you know, so let's this define what a legal resident of a, a country is anymore. Like, who the hell knows? Because it's constantly being challenged. That identity is constantly being changed and challenged. Um, so why is there such a crisis of identity going on? You know, why is our identity under attack? And by the way, it isn't just what you're seeing in the media. I mean, it's gone on for um, centuries. But here's, here's my reason why my, what I'm making up, we'll say it that way. What I'm making up is the reason why, uh, and then we'll kind of back off of it and take a deeper look of how it applies to you directly right now and how it affects your own personal life. So whenever, uh, identity is challenged, it brings confusion into the equation. And whenever you have uh, a confused group of people, guess what they aren't? 
in harmony. Uh, one of the biggest threats that humanity can bring, you know, the average guy and gal, you and I, is to be in harmony together, to be on the same page. Um, and the powers that be, whether it's politics, whether it's shadow governments, whether it's the Illuminati or religion or whatever the case may be, the last thing they need is for you and I to be in agreement on something because that's where power is. Remember, we've been talking about alignment. Whenever we're all in alignment as far as what we're here, what we're here to do, all of that, that's when we, the people, start taking back power. And, of course, from a uh, let's control we, the people perspective, that isn't good news. And so the easiest way to, to um, prevent that from happening is to create a crisis of identity, you know, to introduce challenges to identity in a way that we buy into a hook, line, and sinker. But um, it's not just um, a crisis of identity at the macro level um, as far as all people. We're actually experiencing it on a personal level on a very regular basis. And one of the things that I've noticed about myself is that I have to really pay attention to what um, I allow in, into my mind, into my spirit, into all that kind of stuff, because it affects me. Um, it likely affects you as well. I know that um, I like being informed uh, what's going on in the world, and I have different um, outlets where I get that information. But what I have found is that if I pay too much attention to the news, um, it starts to affect me. I, it starts to, um, well, anybody with any amount of empathy at all, you're going to connect to it, you know, regardless of what side you play. Um, and so it's really easy to, um, to use what we've been talking about to get out of alignment by paying so much attention to what's going on elsewhere, you start to relate to it. You start to connect to it. Um, identify with it. You know, you take on the, uh, the wounds and the injuries and all of that of other people. You know, why are they picking on the president? You know, <laughs> or so much. And, or just using that as an example. I mean, that's one of many, many, you know. Um, and so because uh, very often we are unclear on who we are as people individually, it's real easy to adopt the identity of others. It's real easy to connect with, um, with others in a way that ultimately can become unhealthy. Now, I'm not saying that we're supposed to be an island unto ourselves, anything but we're social people. That's why social media works so well. Um, Tony says, I'm surprised the authorities left the Internet so ungoverned for so long. Yeah, really. But still, even that, you see it. I mean, you see like a lot of um, the conservative message, for instance, is, is all of a sudden being filtered out 
in Twitter and social media or Twitter and Facebook and some other places. Uh, you know, certain agendas are being peddled for a certain way. Why? Because it can influence people. Um, because people take on that identity, you know. And there's, again, there's nothing wrong with us being empathetic toward uh, certain scenarios um, or certain activities that are going on or whatever. Just recognize how it's affecting you. You know, um, I found, like, even in my businesses, that if I get away from reading on a regular basis, like uh, reading books that challenge me or that challenge my mindset regarding money or those kinds of things, if I get away from being around people who are encouraging me and um, challenging me in a positive way, my income is affected, my business is affected, my business, excuse me, business relationships are affected. I mean, you can literally look at my bottom line and point to different areas. Like, you can literally track it. It's trackable. And I'm a very positive person, very upbeat, very um, unattached kind of person. And I've developed that type of outlook over a, a long period of time just because, you know, I realized that being stressed and worried and all of that all the time wasn't really serving me at all. I wasn't getting anything out of it. But again, I mean, it's kind of like, it's a lot like, um, well, anything really exercise, dieting, um, you know, any, uh, spending time with family or, um, you know, fill in the blank. It literally can be anything, how you view yourself as a success or a failure, uh, anything like that. The more you focus on the negative, the more negative you're going to become. The more you focus on lack, the more lack you're going to have. The more focused you are on uh, health issues, the more health issues you're going to deal with. Um, It's just, you know, what you focus on, you attract. It's very simple spiritual law. I mean, it's in every religious text um, that exists in one form or another. Um, And it just, uh, even if you push those aside... Uh, in a very practical level, um, whatever you surround yourself with, whatever you immerse yourself in, uh, you begin to become that. So if you're around people, let's say, who are always upbeat, very successful, very insightful, very positive, and you spend time around those people, Um, guess what's going to happen? It's going to have that same kind of positive effect on you. Your identity starts to become that. Then let's say you're pulled out of that environment and now all of a sudden you're around negative people who are constantly criticizing, putting down, um, you know, constantly in worry, constantly in stress, and you're immersed in that on a regular basis. What's going to happen to your identity? You're going to start to identify with that, you know, with, you know, well, you know, maybe, maybe they're right. Maybe I don't deserve to make more money than what I'm making now. Maybe my product ideas or my art or the message that I have 
isn't the kind of thing that people really want to hear. You know, maybe I'm not as smart as I thought I was. And I'll tell you something. Um, it It's amazing to me how easy it can be to fall into that, to fall into the negative more than the positive. Have you ever noticed that it, it seems like, and I don't think this is true, but it seems like identifying with positive, uplifting things is harder than identifying with negative, degrading things. It's easier to put ourselves down than to lift ourselves up. It's, at least it seems that way at times. And it also is amazing to me how you can be flying high and everything is going your way. And, you know, you're reading, you're encouraging others, you're getting that positive input, and then a little something can happen and boom, it all goes to hell in a handbasket. Or maybe I'm just talking to myself. I mean, I've certainly experienced that. I've been kind of going through a little bit of that lately. Um, and we assign meaning to a lot of different things that we really don't need to. Um, some of it is projecting. Um, or, you know, we allow others to project things onto ourselves, whether it's labels or um, expectations or those kinds of things. Uh, but we certainly do it to ourselves uh, on a very consistent basis, either positive or negative. It's who we are. Um, we have an identity. Now, the cool thing is about identity is that we can change it in any moment just through choice. You know, we can choose to be successful or not. We can choose to stay in the situation that we're in now or not. Um, sometimes those choices are easier than others. Sometimes the choices are extremely challenging. But that's where it really comes down to what you want to be in alignment with, like we've talked about in the past few weeks. What do you want to align yourself with? Success or failure? You know? But I really, you know, you know, but it's my spouse, you know, that's pulling me down, or, you know, a family member or a best friend or whatever. Well, you can still be connected with someone who don't see eye to eye with you and choose who you want to be from an identity perspective. And, um, and I really have come to the conclusion that there's a huge secret in that. Um, I think I shared last week a story about uh, reading some testimonials in one of Jack Canfield's books. And how I remember thinking that, you know, someday I would love to have somebody say those kinds of things about me. And at that moment, which this is years ago, at that moment, I honestly didn't see how that would be even possible. You know, how I would become the kind of person that Jack Canfield is. Like, I, I just didn't see a clear path to that. And um, the cool thing is, of course, that years later, I've, I've had those kind of testimonials and, and people have said some of those things about me. But the one question that really stood out to me, and I shared this last week, was, who do I need to become? You know, who do I need to become to 
to have an identity that people would recognize qualities about me that they would say those positive kinds of things. And uh, that's been a really powerful question in my life. And so I've applied it in a lot of different areas, even today. <clears throat> you know, um, like last night before Kristen and I went to bed, we, we were up to about 1130 or so. And we were crunching numbers for our store projections of what it would take for our current two stores, retail stores, to be 100% in the black, covering payroll and everything. And the numbers that we came up with are a factor of three times more than what we're currently making at the stores. And it's really easy to buy into the, excuse me, the argument of, yeah, but you only have 1,400 square feet and you're in a small community and there's no way in hell you're ever going to hit those numbers. You know, it's real easy to, to believe that because we've never hit those numbers. I mean, we're only a year old as a business. Well, the toy box is only a year, uh, year old. Nerdvana is only a month and a half old. Uh, so it's real easy to believe that. To identify with that, well, you know, maybe we should just be like every other retailer and, you know, just Kristen and I, maybe one part-time person, work the stores and that way, you know, we don't need as much money to get to be in the black instead of having 10 employees, cut it down to three, you know, maybe that's what we should do. And it really got me thinking you know what? I would rather not think small. I would rather not be the person who thinks small like that. Um, and I remember um, when months ago, Chris and I was having a conversation about this and, you know, how we saw our store and everything. And we were talking about could we ever hit a million dollars a year in Toy Box? And my first response was, there's no way in hell we'll get there. Like, it's impossible. Not with 1,400 square feet in a 70,000, um, uh, a 70,000 population, you know, in our area. It's just not possible. And then I was reading, um, an industry article about, uh, some different, uh, toy stores and, gift shops and stuff like that. And here's this one toy shop that is in a community smaller than ours that has half the square footage of us, not quite half. They were at 1400 for toy box. And I think they're at 850 or 800, something like that. So not quite a little more than half of what we have. And they've been in business longer, uh, you know, several years in business but they did over a million dollars with almost half the space in a smaller town. And all of a sudden I noticed that it shifted my belief. It shifted what I considered possible. And I started to take on a new identity uh, for myself, but also for our store. Well, you know, if they can do it, 
it proves that it can be done. It's like running the four-minute mile. I mean, it's done all the time now. At one point, it was impossible, right? And so it caused me to think different. Um, and uh, even just the other day, um, you know, I have a number of friends that are in the e-com space, and some of the numbers that they do in sales per month are just crazy, right? I mean, by, you know, the average person looking at at their numbers, it's crazy. You know, several million dollars a month in sales and that kind of thing. And without any kind of context or frame of reference, it's it seems like it would be impossible to take on an identity for your business, you know, as one making a couple million dollars a month. I mean, that just seems unheard of, right? Uh, to make millions of dollars a month in sales. They don't even know how to do that, right? This would be a first thing. Like, I don't even know how they do that. Even if they told you, it'd still be like, I don't even know how they do that. Um, And so it's really tempting uh, to just immediately disqualify ourselves on something that seems impossible. Oh, I could never achieve X. I could never do a TED Talk, right? I could never make a million dollars in a year, much less in a month. Um, and so we start to create an identity based on beliefs that we make true, that we make real. Uh, like I shared last week, one of the things my grandfather said all the time is a quote from Henry Ford. There are those who believe they can, those who believe they can't, and both are correct. And um, that's always stood out to me, you know, partly because he said it all the time, but even more so, you know, as I've gone through personal development over the years. And even with as much personal development as I do, which seems like it's 24-7 at times, it amazes me at how easy it is to fall into the same old shit again, you know? It's like everything's going along fine, and then all of a sudden, boom. Um, But the thing, again, that I love about us having the choice, the ability to choose, is that we can choose different. Um, And so, as a result, I've become very, very protective. Um, And I am recommitting to become more protective over what gets into my brain what I give attention and focus to, um, the types of thoughts even that I think. We need to police what we're thinking. We need to police what we believe. We need to police the friends and relationships that we have. Um, we are stewards of our own gateway. You know, what comes in? You put garbage in, you get garbage out. And so, if anything, all of us need to be better stewards of our own lives. We need to really uh, guard those gateways. And then not only that, make choices that will actually create the identity that we want. Like why on earth would we settle for someone else's definition of who we are as a person? Or, why on earth would we even settle for our own limiting definition of who we are as a person? 
uh, one of the big things uh, that I struggled with um, for a number of years, and I've shared some of this before, um, is that after my divorce and before Kristen, so for about seven years or so, um, I dated a lot, and many of those relationships were long distance. Uh, but I was traveling all the time, so it didn't really matter. Um, but the one thing that I noticed was, and I didn't notice this at the time, I've actually noticed it since I've been away from it looking back. Okay, so it was more challenging for me in the moment being immersed in that relationship to even see. But what I noticed was that many of them, many of the women, and I'm not saying this to disparage them at all. I mean, I, I'm really grateful for uh, many of the relationships that I had. I mean, they're just amazing women, just not the right connection for the two of us. Um, but what I noticed was that in many cases, they had this idea of who I should be or who I could be. Not that there's anything wrong with that necessarily, except that it didn't resonate with me. But even with that, I found myself because I wanted to be with that person or because I thought perhaps they were the one or whatever. Um, there were things that I looked aside or, you know, that I excused that I just said, well, you know, no one's perfect. And, you know, they're right. I really could be that kind of person. I could do that thing or whatever. Um, you know, I could start a, a group to lead men in business and do inspirational things and all of that. Like I could do that for sure. You know, many of us have multiple skills, all of us really. Some of us may not realize it, but we we could be many things depending on what we put our our attention to. But what I realized was that in adopting the identity that they wanted me to adopt rather than being true to myself is that it created alignment issues like what we talked about in the past. And it just didn't feel right. It didn't work right. And it caused anxiety. It caused um, stress. And I remember one time talking with somebody who I'd been with for a while and we were having a discussion about me doing this or that. And, uh, and it just wasn't something that I felt, you know, that I, that I was called to do, but, but mentally it made sense, you know? And as I'm talking to this person, I started shaking, like just physically shaking. And it was the weirdest experience. I felt stupid actually, cause I like, it was uncontrollable. It was beyond anything that I was trying to do. But it was like my body was reacting to the fact that this isn't you, you know. Um, and as time went on, there was because of some of those things, it ultimately became clear that the relationship wasn't going to work. And so it ended. But the real challenge for us is that at times we don't know who we want to be. We don't know what our identity is. 
because we've never really taken the time to craft an identity that we would want to be and actually believe that we could become that. You know, when in reality, one of the cool things about being human and the way we're designed, you know, whether by God or by aliens, however, <laughs> you know, pretty sure evolution didn't happen. That just too much random math for that to make sense. But um, one of the beautiful things about being human is our ability to choose. Now, in the context of current society, I will be the first to argue with you or argue alongside you that free will and choice is um, certainly not what it used to be. You know, we have the illusion of free will in some cases, but not in reality. Um, but still, as far as who we are as a person, we can choose moment by moment who we wish to be. The, the um, real key for us is to overcome the sometimes overwhelming compulsion to remain where we are. Because as soon as we step out of the flow of the way things have always been, very often we're immediately met with um, resistance um, because we're fighting against habits. We're fighting against status quo, um, all of that. But the reality is that all of us can be rich beyond our wildest dreams. All of us can do anything we put our mind to. All of us can pretty much have what we want. Um, but yet we don't. And, uh, and it comes from limiting beliefs. It comes from, you know, people projecting themselves onto us and what their idea is of what or who we should be. It comes from just confusion in general, uh, distraction of what's going on in the world. And there's a lot of crazy crap going on in the world, you know, um, and so, again, I'm not talking about becoming an island unto ourselves. I'm not talking about sticking our head in the sand. I'm not talking about living in a little bubble. Nothing like that. But we can be who we are, know who we are, and confident in who we are in our identity and make a difference in the world. That's what I believe. That we can script our own life and choose what we want that life to look like when it really starts getting to the point where things aren't working the way you think they should, or, um, you know, things seem to be shutting down when they should be opening up and everything you do doesn't seem to work. Um, it's important to pay attention to, you know, everything that's going on in your life. Um, because it's easy, trust me, to fall into, Status quo, sticking with doing what works. Just because something worked last week doesn't mean it necessarily was meant to be done the rest of your freaking life. You know, it's like, yeah, but I've always run my business this way for the last 12 years and it's worked really well. And now all of a sudden it seems to be dropping off and I don't know why. Well, make a different choice then, but I don't know what choice to make. Like, what do I choose? And that's where... I've learned in my own experience 
that I have to just trust my gut. I have to, you know, I think it's important for us to go back to things that we know work. Like I'll give you a good example. Talking about um, finances, there's been different times in my life where I would get into a downward spiral and um, I, there, there's been times where I dealt with depression and those kinds of things. Um, but I would also get to this point where it seemed like my business was going down the tubes, down the toilet and nothing that I did mattered. It's like, great. You know, I did something to piss off my customers. Um, you know, maybe I'm not teaching the latest bell and whistle and so they just don't care anymore. I mean, you can make up any number of things. Doesn't make them true unless we choose to believe that they're true. And even then, that doesn't make it true. It makes it true to us. But we start projecting these ideas. Well, it's this, it's that. Because it can't be me. Um, I haven't changed, so it's got to be something else. Um, And I've noticed that whenever I've gotten into those patterns, which... Man, I would love to say that I reached a point finally where I beat that, but I haven't. Sorry. Um, it takes ongoing focus to stay in that place. And I think it's natural for anybody to get, you know, to hit the doldrums, so to speak. But what I've always done in the past, and I especially did it a lot when I was traveling, uh, taking road trips, because I used to just take road trips for the sake of road trips because I could work from anywhere. Um, I would start listening to audiobooks that I knew would lift me up, that would get me back in alignment with the identity that I really wanted to live. Um, So um, some of my personal finance heroes have been um, guys like uh, Joe Vitale, um, Bob Proctor, Jack Canfield, some of those guys. And so I just put on an audiobook or teaching or something while I was driving and listened to it. And what I noticed was that the longer I listened, it started to, you know, shift my beliefs, my feelings back to where they needed to be. I was coming back into alignment, uh, with the identity that I had created that I wanted for my, uh, for my life. And then all of a sudden it was almost like auto magical. (laughs) Things would start changing. You know, I'd create a new course or run a new promotion and it would do extremely well. And then one thing after another, and then my mind would begin to shift more. It's like, Oh, okay. So maybe it was just me and, um, back on track again. And, You know, it seemed in some ways like a vicious cycle, but I noticed that the times between, you know, me getting my fix, so to speak, um, got greater and greater. But one thing that I've also experienced just in being really transparent is that it's easy to ride that high and to stay on that high and think, oh, I got this. You know, I know exactly what's going on here and I got this. And then we get lax and we stop reading the books. We stop listening to the audios 
think we got this and things are still going good in CC. I'm not listening to those audios and thanks, Joe. I really appreciate the boost, but I'm good now, you know, and something happens months later. It's gradual where it starts to creep up on us and that rock solid, I've got this identity that we're walking in so confidently, all of a sudden, just tiny little pieces of it start to erode for whatever reason. We're reading the news and, you know, stock prices are down. It's like, dang, man, that's not cool. You know, or we have a conversation with somebody and their business just failed. And we have this thought, man, I better pay attention because that could happen to me. And then we meet an old time friend and they're, you know, having a hard time of it. And, you know, it's like, well, I'll tell you what, let me help you. You know, I, I love helping people. I'm in a place where I can help. Let me help. So that's a positive, but still we're getting that input, you know, of their struggle. And again, we're not isolating. We're just going into these kinds of things smart to protect ourselves. So over time, you know, it can slowly erode. It's not dramatic. Almost never is it dramatic. You know, it's like, wow, I thought we were going to do $4,000 at the toy box this month. And we only did $3,000. Okay, well, it's only $1,000 and it rained a lot after all anyway and whatever. And then we get into the next month and we did better, except that we had three times as many customers, but only did one and a half times as many sales. So like all kinds of things like that, and I'm talking mostly business here, of course, but all kinds of things like that slowly erode our identity, slowly erodes our identity. And that's the subtle, um, insidious nature (laughs) of how we end up in an identity crisis. We lose sight of who we are. And who we want to be in the name of living life. And so, the good news that I have in all of that, and by the way, there could be other things like just literally somebody visiting your house who is not upbeat, just the energy that they put off can throw you off your game. Been there, done that. That's why when we have certain people come and visit, Um, As soon as they leave, uh, the first thing we do is, you know, burn sage and walk through the house or pray through the house or whatever, because energetically it affects the house. Um, The good news is that when we recognize something is wrong, we can make a conscious choice to make it right again. And get back on track, get into alignment again with that identity that we want, you know, successful Tony, you know, happy Tony who happens to own a couple toy stores. And it's not to say that everything goes shitty, you know, I mean, that usually isn't the case. Those of you who deal with depression, you understand spirals, you know, how depression spiral can take you down really quickly. Well, the opposite is true also. You can spiral up, you know? I mean, you think about a tornado 
tornado um, sucks everything up into it, you know, toward you're going up. And so I like positive spirals, positive tornadoes, if you will, that will help lift me up again. But it requires participation. Like I have to participate in it. And by the way, I'm preaching to myself here as as much as anything, because having been through these cycles for, Lord, I don't know, years and years, um, I'd love to say that there comes a point in time where you just don't have to try anymore, where you have arrived and nothing changes. Unfortunately, that's not true. You know, it just isn't. And the subtle thing is the part that you really have to be careful of, um, the subtle erosion. Now, does that mean that I should stop reading the news? Um, it depends on how much you're reading the news, you know, and what news you're reading. And are you obsessing over it? Are you taking it to heart? Is it affecting you? Does that mean that I should be careful what I watch on television? Probably, yeah. I mean, you know, it really comes down to being careful what you put in. And then if you get to a point where you're starting to notice changes, it's shifting those thoughts, shifting your attention. You know, um, a lot of different religious texts refer to it as renewing your mind. Okay. You're renewing your mind, what you're thinking. Um, you can't be talking negative all the time and being depressed and stressed and struggling. And notice I'm making more and more and more money all the time and everything is going my way. Like you can't have that both ways. It just don't work that way. I mean, it can, I guess, in certain situations for a very short period of time. You know, Chris and I talk about karma a lot and cause and effect, which we've talked about here on the show before. You know, how it seems like some people, um, everything that they do is like evil, but yet they prosper. And it seems like they never get theirs. And, you know, it just doesn't seem right. But what I found is that I'm not their judge. It's not my place. And there's not, I mean, I can certainly agree with you that, you know, I don't understand why they're not getting theirs. But it's not my point to be judge and jury it, uh, on anybody, including myself. You know, I'm responsible. I'm, you know, I'm the steward of my own life. So I have to be responsible for my own choices. But if somebody else is out there, a murderer, you know, like a serial killer or something like that, or a dictator, or, you know, whatever. Um, I'm not responsible for them. I can't live their life. And the good news is I'm not going to get judged for their life. You know, um, it's up to me to steward my own life. It's up to you to steward your own life. And you get to choose the identity, identity that you want. And stick with it and build it and develop it. It's all about attitude and belief. 
and choice. Gratitude. A lot of the things that we've talked about. It's all about being in alignment with those qualities and morals. You know, like I see, I've even said it before. It's like, I see people doing things without recourse, without even thinking twice about it, that legally is not necessarily wrong. They're not breaking any laws. But morally, it's questionable. And there's been times, even fairly recent, where I've said to Kristen, it's like, damn these morals, <laughs> you know? Like, I really wish doing XYZ wouldn't bother me so much because... You know, everyone else seems to do it, even though everyone isn't. But like so-and-so is doing it and they don't seem to have an issue with it. But yet, I just can't. And um, there's nothing wrong with having morals, believe me. So, um, so that's what I want to leave with you today is think about your identity, like how, how you see yourself, what's your place in this world and who do you choose to be or become? Um, understanding that identity is so under attack these days, you know, with silly, wacky, crazy stuff just to keep us distracted, to keep us off guard, um, to keep us in fear. Um, you know, our emotions and the, like the most powerful tools we have as humans, our ability to choose our emotions, our ability to create the life we want are all being used against us in so many different ways through the media, through, um, different groups that are in the world you know, that are basically bent on control and power. Um, but the one thing that they can't do, um, as hard as they try, is that when you and I make a decision, you know what? I'm not falling for that stupid shit. And make a choice. I am going to be the person I want to be. You know, my identity is secure as somebody who is grateful, somebody who loves, somebody who lives life successfully, who gives to others. When we start to make those kind of choices and develop that kind of an identity, others can't control us. We can't be controlled. We actually become dangerous, you know, because we're thinking for ourselves. We're not playing status quo. Um, and so to get there and stay there requires certain things of us. We have to stay clear headed. We have to stay focused, not give in to distractions, which there's so many distractions. I can't tell you like literally every day that I drive, I invariably stop behind someone and I say me, not because I have this curse, but because there's so much of it. Uh, so you've experienced this too, where you're get, you get behind somebody at a traffic light and then it turns green and they don't go. Why? Because they're on their damn phone, right? 
and blow your horn and then they're like, oh, and then they go. Like, we can't be that person and create the life we want. They're distracted. They have no freaking idea what in the world is going on around them. Situational awareness. What's going on around you? Kristen always marvels at the, like, I have this thing um, where (laughs) it's kind of weird, but like, I have really, really fast reflexes. Uh, and I'm very aware in the moment. And so like, if I open up a closet, like a cupboard and there's like a, say there, one of our, um, seasonings or, you know, something like that. Uh, you know how you get the little glass jars with different kinds of seasonings, like Italian seasoning and stuff. So like if I opened up a door and one of those fell out, I would catch it. It, it wouldn't like, even though I wasn't expecting it, it just, you know, it happens. I catch it. I have really, really quick reflexes. Um, only on very rare occasion would I miss something like that. Uh, and even just the other day, um, uh, it was a situation like that where I had opened up a, a door, a cabinet door or something. I don't remember what it was now. And then I opened the door and turned around. And as I was turning around, I caught out of the corner of my eye that something was falling, but I was turning. And so I literally caught it behind my back. You know, so I like I didn't even have full sight of it. But just as I was opening up the door and turning around to like walk away, I saw this thing falling and I just spun around and caught it behind my back. And Kristen was standing there and she's like, how do you do that? And I'm like, I don't know. I have good reflexes, I guess, you know, but it's situational awareness is what it is. I'm aware of what's going on around me. Uh, and I pay attention. It's a really important thing for us to do. You can't do it with your face in your phone, sitting in a traffic light. It don't work that way. You know, the only time where something like that would be justified is if you're in an emergency situation. And 99.9% of the time, that's not us. Now, does that mean that I never look at my phone at a traffic light? It doesn't mean that at all. I, I do that. But I also pay attention so that the moment that light turns green, I'm on the gas. Because I don't want to be that guy that somebody else has to sit behind and blow the horn because I'm not paying attention. So it's all part of who we want to be, who we choose to be, the identity that we want to align with. So who do you want to be? That's what I want you to think about this week. So I want to take a couple moments here and uh, go through comments and questions. My daughter's having, having surgery this afternoon, so I want to go see her before she takes off uh, for the hospital. It's... It's an outpatient thing, but she has cysts on one of her ovaries, and it's been very painful for her, so they want to fix that for her. Uh, Mavis says, focus, immerse, but also taking action. Yeah, absolutely. You have to take action. Uh, I think I told the story before about this gal that I dated, gosh, probably eight years ago now. And uh, I walked into her house one day and I couldn't find her because I usually went there on the weekends. Excuse me. 
And finally, I came across her. She was in her bedroom, laying on the bed. And she had this music playing, like this chanting music and this little crystal pyramid and uh, sitting on top of some kind of a card and, I don't know, something else on her head. (laughs) And I said, what are you doing? It's like, well, I don't have enough money to pay my car payment. And so I was just kind of bringing, you know, attracting more money to myself through meditation. And I'm like, oh, okay. (laughs) And I thought, how about getting a job? Like that would bring some money in to help pay the car payment. Um, You know, so you definitely like I, I do believe in, you know, energetic things that we can do and all of that, of course. I believe in prayer and all of that. But I also believe in taking action. And that's one thing that I'm pretty good at is taking action, taking a lot of action. And it's funny because uh, people often say to Kristen and I, usually at least once a week we get it somewhere. Um, When do you guys sleep? Uh, And it isn't that we sleep a lot or that we don't sleep a lot, rather. It's just that when we work, we're so hardcore focused that we get a lot done in a really short period of time. Like I can do in three hours what most people would do in an entire couple days, just because I'm really focused in in that space. But it takes practice, and it takes choosing that, you know, choosing to not be distracted. Tony says there are shops near us that can no way stay open on football traffic or foot footfall traffic. They make most of their uh, income online and uh, online or plus at shows and events. Yeah. And that's one of the things that we're looking at um, expanding more and more into. We're getting traffic to our toy store online every day, but we haven't optimized that traffic, you know, um, And so, yeah, there's a lot of different ways that you can increase those bottom lines. (laughs) And Tony also posed a quote from Jim Rohn, uh, watch what goes in your coffee. That really is it. Um, And he also brings up another really good point. We can only be or do what we want within physical capabilities. I'll never be an Olympian no matter how much I train. Age is now against me. Yeah, absolutely. Me too. And so, I mean, there are some bounds there. But um, there's also a lot of areas where uh, those bounds can't touch us. You know, like I'm never... I mean, I'm 56, you know, there's just certain things that I could do when I was 20 that just in reality, I will not be able to do now and moving forward. But, um, there's a lot that I can, and I, I even have to be careful. You know, I've mentioned before that I spend a lot of time with, uh, younger business folks. Most of my business friends are very early thirties. I would say. 
And I have to catch myself sometimes uh, because I think, man, I even said it when I was in Reno the other week. It's like, man, I would love to have been where you guys are when I was in my 30s. And I just wasn't. I was very much a latecomer into prosperity mindset and business building and all of that. I've had to learn it. And, you know, here I am in my mid-50s. I'd love to know what I know now, 20 years ago. I mean, but there's nothing that I can do to change that. That part's history. But what I can do is continue to learn and grow with where I am. But just being aware that, you know, um, creating an identity that we can, you know, really align with isn't about comparison, we can't compare ourselves to others and have a positive effect, but we can learn from others and grow from their examples. Mavis says, evil people prospering. Presumably, they'll get theirs in the next life. Yeah, I, I, and I don't know. I mean, the reality is we don't know. And, um, but I can't focus on that. You know, I mean, you look at folks in the world like George Soros and others that just are constantly undermining, you know, constantly doing things. And it's like, when is it going to stop? I mean, cut us all a break, you know, but ultimately, if I give my focus and attention to that, it's going to negatively impact me. And so I'm the one who has to, you know, make the choices that, you know, I'm, it's not my responsibility to judge the dude, even though I don't agree. You don't have to agree, but just be very careful what you allow in. Um, Tim says, uh, whether a person considers themselves to be religious or not, there's a list of things to think about in Philippians 4, 8, things that are true, honorable, just, pure, lovely, and commendable. These will, this will lead you into having good thoughts. Oh yeah, I agree a hundred percent. Yep. Mavis says, I've enjoyed this topic. It's so very important to remember that we are the authors of our own identities. Life will present challenges, physical, emotional, financial, etc., that we can face without losing our true identity. Absolutely. Um, and she uh, also shares, uh, I'm, I must admit, staying clear-headed and focused while dealing with a brain injury has a peculiar set of challenges. I'm sure. I, I remember um, my dad passed, um, I guess it's been nine, nine and a half years ago now, but he had a, a brain tumor, and it was on his speech center, or right next to it. And so it affected his ability to speak over time. And um, I noticed that as, like, in spite of the fact that that was there and it was removed and everything and then ultimately came back, that in spite of it being there, um, as long as he pushed, um, he, you know, was still able to speak, sometimes with struggle. But um, after a while, he just gave up. And you could tell that he gave up. And 
uh, he, his health went downhill really, really fast. And, uh, you know, I've not been in that situation. Um, my sister has, uh, she had breast cancer and there was a period of time where, you know, she gave up as well. And then, you know, we really worked hard at getting her focused and fighting, um, and, you know, establishing an identity is really what it came down to. And she latched onto it. And now she's seven years, I think, cancer-free. Something like that. Doing really well in her business and all of that. Which she created after coming through that period of time. <coughs> but there was a while where we thought that she was going to give up and that would be the end of it. But she changed. She shifted her focus. And, uh, you know, it's not to say physical illness is a tough thing and injury is a tough thing. But, you know, we've all seen and read, heard stories, maybe even met people who have overcome incredible, amazing challenges. Um, I've not faced any of those personally, so I can't speak from experience. But I can say that I really admire those who have had the tenacity to overcome overwhelming challenges and still be amazing human beings. Uh, Leslie says, thank you, Tony. Um, you're very welcome. Thank you for being here. And uh, Tim says, hope all goes well with your daughter. Um, me too. <laughs> I'm sure it will. It seems pretty straightforward. Pretty straightforward procedure. Um, Mavis says, sending positive thoughts for your daughter. Uh, Val says, best wishes for your daughter's surgery. Um, Anne says, I'll be thinking of you and your daughter this afternoon. My daughter had day surgery two weeks ago. And uh, thanks. I really appreciate all the well wishes. I've shared before that, you know, I mostly live a stress-free life, and it's true. Um, but when it comes to my kids and grandkids, uh, you know, you want to round me up quickly, <laughs> get me going quickly, um, you know, put them in danger in some way. And uh, I become a different person. <laughs> I take on a different identity, and you won't like it. I'm very protective of my kids and grandkids. Mark says, uh, Boy, are we on the same wavelength today. Very relevant topic for my current state. It took a double dose of mantra meditation to shake it off, shake off how I felt this morning, and I'm still a little moody, but... Like you said, self-awareness and self-discipline are the keys to being what you want. Thank you once again for the relevant pause in my week. You're very welcome. Uh, Chris says, love this one. Stay nerdily awesome. <laughs> Thanks. Uh, Lori says, um, can you do a session on being in the here and now in the moment some of the things that you say um that you say you do uh be in the moment don't seem to do anything for me so maybe i missed the point you were trying to make 
Yeah, we can absolutely talk in that because um, uh, we'll see how how it goes. Like we could even talk about it next week. You know, I, I have no problem with that, but I tend to fly these things based on inspiration. So um, I there's a lot of value in that, though, because I live years and years uh, being completely clueless on how to be in the moment. No idea. Um, but there were some things that I did that had a really profound effect on shifting that. And, uh, that'd be a lot of fun to talk about. <laughs> Jess says, thanks, Tony. It's written that God helps those that help themselves. Yeah, I don't know if that's in scripture or not, but it certainly seems to be true, doesn't it? And, uh, Liz says, uh, thank you so much, Tony. Great topic. Prayers for your daughter as well. Thanks, Liz. And uh, Val says, lots of food for thought today. Thanks, Tony. You're very, very welcome. So that's all that I have, everyone. Thank you very much for joining me again today. And um, next week, we'll see where we go. Um, living in the moment could be a, a lot of fun to talk about. So we'll see how that unfolds. Um, but until then, I hope you enjoy your week. And um, we'll definitely get together next week, same time. Same bat time, same bat channel. 